it, you can do it. I can promise y'all that we gon' be okay. We gon' be okay. Yeah. I know times get hard, but it makes us who we are. Just know we gon' be okay. We gon' be okay. All you gotta do is start. I can feel it in my heart. Oh yeah, we gon' be okay. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back after a bit of a hiatus. Wrestling Plug Inc. is back and better than ever. And uh, we got a bit of a war games on our hand coming war games on our hands coming up here this Sunday. So what better man to have on to do some predictions than our boy throwback? Throwback, how the hell are you? What's good, man? How you doing, John? Doing good, my man. We've been uh, on a bit of a break. At the Wrestling Plug Inc. in terms of podcasts, we did your show last week. Once again, thanks for having us on there. It was a good time. And, of course, you uh, got me started back up with wanting to do these. And you asked when you were coming back on. So I said, you know, NXT, War Games, predict it all makes sense. So, I mean, it it's better off. It's better off creating a war than uh, being a civil war. Because why is there anything civil about war anyway? To quote Guns N' Roses there. Well, well, throwback from throwback. Guns N' Roses. I haven't. Roses in a while. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Before I'm we old. get started talking NXT throwback, why don't, you, uh, why don't you tell the people where they can find you and what you've been up to, man? You've been a busy guy. Usually you're opposite side of this doing the hosting duties but i'm letting you uh be the guest today i know it's weird i mean i'm not used to it i mean i had to do it for your show for the first time and then i had to do it for metal mike call it in the ring which was awesome and then we had the match memories live with wild boy and rob wilkins rob's doing big things now and dk is too so i mean it's insane um, we do a, we, uh, basically we do a show on youtube.com forward slash throwback 27 every single Tuesday at eight. Um, the format used to be a very rigid, very straight up review show about NXT raw and SmackDown and the pay-per-views and stuff. Now it's more so like you, you're anybody that in the community is welcome. If they want to pop in, they pop in. We have a guest during the week and then. Like last night, multiple people pop in and out and go from there. We had the basically it was PW Unlimited and the distraction taking over <laughs> for the most part of the show, which was awesome because I had Joe Hobart was the main guest, and then you had Jeremy Lambert pop in, and then you had Joel Pearl pop in, and then you had a show contributor, very, very great person, Hannah Moore, Queen Hannah popping in also. Um, it, it the podcast is doing pretty good. Everybody looks at these podcasts and look at how much established viewers. I look at how many listens compared to it because coming from an audio background, it 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 it's more important to have people listen to what you're saying than having an established audience. For me, um, the the YouTube channel is over 200, and we just announced the a new channel that will be starting up in 2021, where it's going to be. Um, you as the person, whether it's Wrestling Plug Inc. Uh, hosting Wrestling Plug Inc. on the TV station on whatever time sh- time frame that you know you decide, or you know Wild Boy having his own show, and you know Rob Wilkins having his own show and stuff. It's giving people the voice who don't have a voice that want to sit in front of a, uh, their laptop or their camera or whatnot and talk about any topic it could be one minute you could be watching you know a video game stream with you know anakin jmt and then the next thing you know you're going to be watching cooking from tim trevor or you know dk talking about football or rob talking about you know wrestling it it's going to be not one set platform it's going to be enigma station where the people get to bring their own voice and you don't see it that often that anybody can go in hop on uh stream labs and get on the youtube channel and just be like here we go this is my show i could do what i want it'll be uh, it'll be like what wrestle talk does where you know parts unknown and stuff like that where they have it on a, a different channel umbrella and it's just branched out into different shows 
but it's going to be more in depth because they have the people they hire to do it where I'm wanting people who are in the community to be like, Hey, I want to have my own show. I want to do this. And, you know, Patrick Mason could turn around and say, Hey, I want to be on at, you know, one o'clock in the afternoon and then be on for two hours, like an old radio station. And then Anna could say, I could be, I want to be on from three to five, or you could say you could be on from, you know, seven to nine talking about wrestling and indie wrestling or, so on and so forth, or Joe Hobart or whoever, you know, it, it gives you the chance to sit back, relax, not worry about having to produce the show. You could just host it, be on the camera and not worry about it and having somebody there that actually can control the chat and stuff. That sounds like a pretty awesome venture, man. I can't wait to see how that thing unfolds. And you know us, we're definitely always down to help out wherever is needed for that. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Heck yeah. <clears throat> One other topic I wanted to touch base on you with, I, we, we'd, we wouldn't be a wrestling uh, podcast if we didn't uh, talk about the unfortunate passing of Pat Patterson this morning. I definitely woke up to that news and was pretty bummed as he is definitely a legend in the business and had his hand in quite a few things that we know and love today. You know, most notably that he was the first uh, intercontinental champion. Uh, he was the brains behind the Royal Rumble, which we all love. Uh, what was your memory of Pat Patterson? The Stooges. Right? <laughs> I knew, Mine too. That's I knew of Pat Patterson through like family members and stuff, watching the old wrestling tapes and everything you would find and the, you know, you'd look back and sometimes like once the internet came out, like around the 96, 97, people kept looking for some stuff. And I, I could read all about the history and everything about the IC title and stuff, but it wouldn't be the impact he had is if he didn't work with the McMahons. And I'm not talking about an, as an on-air talent where he and Jerry Briscoe won the tag titles in the 90s and the late 90s for a little run. I'm talking more so about how the impact of him being a producer, having hands on certain matches and able to do that and being a part of not one generation of Pink Man, but both is a huge thing. And you see bits and pieces of Pat's touches in certain aspects of it. Um, uh, in some of the WWE stuff of the product, but for me more so, it's just going to be remembering some of the great, matches of the Royal Rumble and some of the great matches he had in the past, you know, with the IC title and everything. And on top of that, like the Stooges angle was really funny, but you know, he is definitely going to be missed. And it's, it's very sad to have somebody, um, even though with controversy around him in the past that has a great fortitude, for the business gone, it's going to leave a little hole, but it'll be interesting to see where, you know, everything goes from there. Yeah, definitely for me, I'm, you know, I'm not too much. I'm not old enough to remember his like heyday, so to speak, but with the Stooges, like you said, him and Briscoe running around, they were always extremely entertaining on screen during that attitude era run and one of the more memories i had of pat i believe he came out he's was the first openly gay wrestler he came out on that legends house i believe i'm not 100 mm -hmm. sure and it was so cool to see all of those guys in that macho era macho era i should say and they just embraced him and they just you know they they're like pat we love you for who you are and that was really cool to see and then he in a way kind of paved the way for other wrestlers in a very mas masculine macho dominated you know sport to uh, come out and be who they are and that's very awesome he was a trailblazer in that sense he, he was just a phenomenal person overall from a lot of the stories you hear uh, for, about him through the McMahons and stuff. They held him in high disregard and high regard, actually. Sorry. So, I mean, he, he, it's going to be sorry. It's sore. It's going to be a, a significant loss in the community for wrestling as a whole, even though he was away from it. And I had a review show with, uh, pre-show for 
you know, war games too. And I brought, I thought I brought up a good point and Rob's like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, think about it. You go and see your old boss and you, even though you're still friends and he's not your boss anymore, you still talk about work ethic and stuff. So, I mean, the worth ethic that he had as in the backs area in producing, you could see a lot of the touches and stuff like that. And if, when he you would probably go backstage, people who are producing now would sit there and listen and stuff like that. He was probably, and this is probably going to be controversial, this is the closest thing to Dusty he was as a producer as Dusty was for the PC. I don't know how controversial that is. That's a good point. I mean, Pat Patterson had his hand in a lot of different things and dusty as well i mean two of those guys legends i mean they help mold the business that we see today a lot of talent a lot so as we move on here um as we're recording this it is wednesday night um before nxt so some things could change we will more than likely have this wrapped up by the time nxt starts at eight but we're here we're here to talk NXT. We've got a War Games on our hands. War yeah. Games. War Games. The, uh, in, in my opinion, War Games is probably it's my favorite takeover of the year because it's a War Games. It's a double ring. It brings back lots of uh, WCW memories. So we're going to talk about the card, and we'll just go ahead and start I went ahead and looked this up before the show started, so it's not in any particular order. Um, but it looks like we got Dexter Loomis and Cameron Grimes in a strap match. <laughs> I'm not going to repeat what I said earlier. Repeat it. Feel uh, free. Say what you got to say. This is uh, It's just another strap on. Come on now. Someone's about <laughs> to get fucked in the end. Uh, <laughs> I, it, I'm I'm all for these two guys to go at it in a strap match. You had, but this is a string of like the third match in this, and Loomis has won two of them. What what's the point of this? It's like Grimes doesn't want this match anymore. He's like, I'm done with this. Just oh yeah, god, it, it, it's kind of main roster, if you will, where they're. We're putting like the third one in a row, like you said. Loomis is one, two. What's really the point? And it doesn't want to have the match because he's playing that chicken shit character really well. He does it really well. I don't see what what benefits Loomis has to beat him again. Uh, there's there's no benefit at all to it. It doesn't benefit either guy here. It doesn't benefit Grimes. I mean, if Grimes somehow pulls out a win, it's not going to be clean. I can't imagine he's going to pull out the win here either. No, they're going to give it to Loomis. They're going to try to set something up where uh, Loomis is going to end up going after the North American title. I can, like I said, even before that, I can actually see him going after Finn. And then Finn actually having no choice as the prince and seeing that the psychological aspect is too much is for him to be the prince to bring out the one character he hasn't brought out since he's main roster, which would be the demon. It has been a while since we've seen the demon. And how do you fight a... I don't know if psychopath is the right word for Loomis. He's just a very creepy dude. Like, would he be creepy with? A demon. A demon always trumps creepy. In my my world. Yeah, I know. So I guess for what would you do with what is where does Cameron Grimes go from here? Because they've got him playing this part and he does play it very well, but it's very limited in what he can do long term. They're gonna have to rebuild him. Get rid of the hat? So no. Oh god. <laughs> keep keep the hat. I, I know that podcast you did with Warren. I know Warren listens to this. I ain't saying about anything with that hat. <laughs> Hell no. That's Shout like me walking. That's like me walking into a hornet's nest and saying, "Yeah, let's get rid of that hat, put his hair up in a ponytail, and make him a millennium." I mean, come on. 
walking around with like a dress polo shirt with his finger up in the air, like the old Triple H kind of skit. You know, no, hey. no. So you got so they're gonna rebuild Grimes, but they're gonna keep the hat. They got to rebuild him, not as a character, but as somebody to be a threat. And the only other way they can do that is either they got to do something with the tag titles. So, I mean, you could put him in a tag feud. But, you know, if what I, I said earlier, if they do it and they pull the trigger on the UE, I mean, you got to do something with those titles. So, I mean... They gotta figure it out. It Grimes is an interesting character where he has the flexibility to do so much, but they're using him so little. Right. He's got a big personality. I can say, yeah, giving him the right tag partner, putting him into that mix might be a good move for him in the short term as a way to rebuild his brand, so to speak. Speaking of rebuilding brands, we've got Tommaso Ciampa and Kashida. Is the number one contendership for the NXT championship. This is an interesting match for on my end because I'm a big Paso Ciampa guy. He's one of my favorite NXT people. And then we're finally giving Kushida that push that we all thought he was going to get when he signed. So who do you got taking home? <laughs> who do you got being the number one contender for Finn Balor coming up here? I would assume they're going to do that at the next takeover. Maybe. Maybe sooner. It, it's going to be Ciampa. As much as Kishida, they're pushing him really, really hard. It would make more sense to put Ciampa in there because then you could set up if Finn decides he doesn't want to do it anymore and he wants to drop it. Um, because Cross will be back by in January. Having Ciampa and Cross again, too. In this way, it makes it more credible of a fight instead of him just steamrolling Ciampa. Because now Ciampa sit back and relax and has watched him and all his weaknesses and stuff. And now it's like you can have these guys go. Yeah, I'm on the I'm on the fence because, like I said, I do love Ciampa, but I'm also you know been there, kind of done that, seen it, you know. But I haven't seen Kushida in this spot, and I think a Kushida Finn Balor match would would be a banger. I think the the show, if you put that title on the line, I don't know how much of an interesting program they could do in terms of telling a story. I don't know how much background is there, but Champa definitely has the background. You know, I was a former champion. I was running this place while you were, you know, they have that storyline where, you know, while Balor was up on the main roster, Ciampa was holding it down. You got the cross. I mean, Scarlett, she's not injured. They could get her involved somehow, maybe, you know, sending a message to the winner. I mean, he didn't lose it. He got, he got, did happen to the same thing what Finn did. He got injured and he had to give it up. I mean, Scarlet needs to be used at this point. It's been five months almost since the separation. The and and the way they described it was, and I've stated this before. It's the connection between your clavicle bone and your shoulder. That part separated, and it could be rehabbed. And it could be four to six months, and we're getting on month five, so we don't know where he is at this point. But perfect timing would be him coming back for takeover around the rumble. Yeah, I, I it blows my mind that they have Scarlett just sitting on the sideline. I know that the way they packaged her was Cross was a big deal, and I was always a proponent that I thought Cross and Scarlett should have been main roster right away and skipped NXT because I think they're, they're just that big of a deal. But Scarlett, in her own right, she can go, she can perform, and she's not bad in the ring. I don't know why they're maybe they get her involved, you know, sending some of those cryptic messages. I just think it's they're kind of missing the boat by not using her at all, and not you can keep the cross storyline going without him being there. It's not that hard, especially given the way that you know we're the pandemic where there's no crowds and you can camera cut things like that. You can do a lot of things. Yeah, you could do it any way, shape, or form. Well, 
That's why we don't get paid the big bucks for sitting here and they're making those decisions. I don't know what they're doing, but I'd like to see Cross somehow get – maybe he gets involved. Maybe they figure out a way to get him involved in war games to continue the story somehow, some way. Who knows? It could, it could relatively easily end in a three-way match or a four-way at the next takeover. But I would love to see a triple threat cross Valor Champa. The physicality on that match would be insane. No, oh, yeah, it would be it would be a brutal 20, 30 minutes just of just two guys just beating the hell out of each other. On a side note, do you find do you think the NXT championship is cursed? I know that that's been floating around quite a bit because Balor hasn't been around because he's been hurt. Champa was hurt. Cross hurt. Keith Lee drops it, and we have all kind of seen what happened to Keith. No, actually, I don't. I think it's it used to be the old saying the the title makes the man, but I think the man makes the title, and I think it depends on who works the hardest and stuff. And in this industry, you know, shit happens, and people get hurt. A good example of that is Triple H was the champion when he tore his quad out in uh, 2000, or right before 2000, and he came in and won the Royal Rumble the next year. Um, it, it's one of those things that's just, you know, with Keith Lee mainly, they don't know what to do with him. He's He, he flies around like a, um, like a cruiserweight, but yet he's the size of a freaking Mack truck. Yeah. You know? So I mean, one my, that's one of my favorites. I wish they would do more with. I think that they're missed the boat. They're missing but, the boat with them. But I think that the title's not cursed. I just think it's the way it is. You know, it's a physical, uh, uh, physical sport. Yes, I said sport, and um, it's gonna just you know shit happens. People get hurt, it, regardless if he I'm if. With you there. Finn had the title or not, you know, or Riley got hurt, you know, it doesn't matter if he was the challenger or not, you know, it, it people are going to get hurt. I mean, look at Ciampa. He had his neck had to be refused and everything like that. I mean, people never come back from neck injuries before with all the new technology and stuff. And look, Daniel Bryan's back with concussion with protocols. Ciampa's back with, uh, you know, an injured Nick page was back for a little while. And then, you know, she's not anymore. It's, it's interesting to see all these things, but I don't think the title's curse. I think it's just, you know, the physicality that's going on. These guys are more faster, more stronger, you know, they have more accessibility to the PC gym. So, I mean, you're with COVID, they're probably working out like crazy. So, I mean, that could be part of it. They're putting more stress on their body. So yeah. I mean, it's it's not the NXT title; it's just how the human body's made. Right on. That, those are good points. Can't argue with you there. Let's keep on cruising down this card. We got uh, North American Championship. Everyone's new favorite, Leon Ruff versus Johnny Gargano and Damian Priest. If yeah. I told you. In the beginning of 2020, that two things would happen <laughs> in wrestling in the world, you would have told me not. To. If I told you we would be stuck in our homes during a pandemic, and Leon Ruff would be ending 2020 as the North American champion, you would have told me I was crazy after seeing him getting decimated by Champa, Cross, um. I think Strowman was in the mix on one of the, the yeah. he was literally being put on all three brands and being decimated. <laughs> and he is now in line to finish 2020 as the NXT North American champion. How insane is that? That's pretty crazy. I, uh, to further your point, if you would have told me that there was going to be a worldwide pandemic, or Leon Ruff would be a North American champion. You had to pick one that was more likely. I would have went world pandemic. <laughs> hundred times out of a hundred. Never saw it coming. But I did, like I said, like I brought up on your show last week, though, the fans complaining on the internet that he's the champion, it's a joke, yada, yada, yada. But yet on the same, same side are complaining that NXT or 
any wrestling in general never does anything out crazy and doesn't just nobody picks Leon Ruff to win that title, right? A hundred times out of a hundred, you pick Johnny Gargano because you knew, but then he wins it and everybody's mad. So it's crazy to me that he's he's the champion, doesn't even fit around his waist. Damian Priest is in the mix. He you said he would end 2020 as North American champion. So are you predicting Leon Ruff pulls out a victory at war games? Oddly enough, yeah. I mean, if they're really high on him, which it just seems to be, I think that the only way they are going to take the title away is if it's somebody who is on their roster that isn't a big name yet to establish them. And I literally think because Priest is a huge name and Gargano is a huge name now, and they've always been. Yeah, this is Gargano's that, like 900th takeover match. Yep. I'm pretty sure. And uh, I think at the end of the day, they're setting up a feud between Priest and Gargano, which leaves rough to, if you know, the whole negating of like, you had the Yank two Yankees players are running for MVP of you know baseball, and then you have a Red Sox player. Most likely, you know, that Red Sox player has a shot at winning that MVP title because the other two have the same closest stats and negates each of them. So who are you gonna leave? Ruff. So I think that Ruff's gonna win go into 2021 and that the next tape go over, they're going to take the belt off of him and make him chase after the other person. Now the other person I think, and it, it, he's been off TV for a little bit. Bronson Reed would be an interesting person too. And that, and they could set up the story because Reed fought rough it, uh, on a tape on a, you know, on NXT and uh, on the Wednesday night show and literally threw him around like a rag doll. <laughs> so Ruff could turn around and say, I'm going after everybody who did me wrong who th- in 2020. And he starts with Bronson and NXT and Bronson decimates him again. And then there you go. Having rough chase Bronson for a little bit. Yeah, so you could go, you go there out for me. Like you said, I think there's a, big chance that Priest and Gargano cancel each other out here and Ruff somehow sneaks away with the win. If I had to go with Priest or Gargano, I would go with probably Gargano getting the win. I see Priest as just this really cool Enigma type guy where I could see him like showing up on SmackDown and making a huge impact. I can't imagine Priest's NXT time as much further or you know it's gonna it's gonna come to an end sooner or later and he's gonna be on the main roster whether they use him correctly or not that'll be you know remain to be seen but i can't i just i've got this feeling priest isn't gonna be around for much longer so you could see a gargano rough feud for a little bit maybe a blow off between priest and gargano real you know on his way out but that rumble around rumble time you know Priest is a prime entrant to look good, kind of like they did with Keith Lee last year, introducing Keith Lee to the world, so to speak, even though they kind of did that at Survivor Series. But you've got more eyes on the Rumble than you do Survivor Series. It's going to be even having more eyes with Pat Patterson being gone now, too, because they're going to have to do something. Yeah. Yeah, They'll definitely have a nice tribute, I'm sure, at the Rumble for Pat. I mean, they'll probably have a nice tribute for him tonight. I can't imagine at 8 o'clock they won't have a video package ready to go for Pat Patterson because, yeah, what a, what a sad day as we record this. So it's now we're moved on to the war games. War games. Matchups. There's war games. I can't imagine there's more things in this world that uh, William Regal loves saying more than war games. Um, bloody. All that <laughs> bloody. stuff. Bloody. Yeah. <laughs> So we'll start with uh, start with the women's uh, war. war games. We're going to talk about um, the women's war games. Yeah, okay. I figured we'd talk about the women's first because um, that's just how I have it on these notes. <laughs> you got Team Shotzi versus Team Candice. You got Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Tony Storm 
on Team Candace, and Team Shotzi is a participant down as they only have Ember Moon and Rhea Ripley on the squad. First question, who's the fourth fourth woman, so to speak? You, you're looking at Mia. I mean, Eo. Sorry about that. Wow, I'm all out of it. I'm tired. Um, you're looking at Eo, <laughs> though. Eo seems like it's going to be the person that they're going to throw into it. I mean, that would be insane. I mean, but you never know what's going on with the, it till after later on. I'm hoping they do. They bring like Liv Morgan down and kind of do a Kevin Owens thing. So we'll see what happens tonight after tonight. I mean, yeah, tonight is again for those listening in. We recorded this literally 20 minutes before NXT is going on air, so a lot could change. Liv would be interesting. Um, she had a really that documentary Live Forever was really well done, and I really enjoyed it. So they're putting some focus on her, so to speak. So, you know, and she's not got a whole lot to do on the main roster right now. I know she's back with my girl, Ruby riot doing the riot squad thing, but they're not really using them the way that I thought they would. EO EO is an interesting decision. I mean, what better visual would you have than EO moonsaulting off of the war games cage? I mean, it's just pretty much writes itself. So you, I don't think you can go wrong there. I can't see anybody else outside of you that would get involved. That would make a whole lot of sense. She has history with Candace. She has history with Dakota. It would make it make some sense. Who do you got uh, taking home the uh, War Games victory here? It's going to be the heels. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I, I, you know what? I'm with you there too. I feel like. You got Candace with Candace LeRae. I'm on record of many, many of these podcasts that I've done where I've said I'm not a Candace LeRae fan, but I understand and I can see the value she brings to the table. She just doesn't do it for me. But that said, she needs a big victory. They, they seem to like put her in these big matches and she always loses. So it kind of takes that little bit of shine on and you could do something really cool with Candace being the team captain winning the big war games match. And if, you know, Johnny perchance wins the North American title, you know, a big power couple thing going on in NXT that they're already hinting at doing, but you know, when you've got the wins and the gold to back it up, it makes it even more um, exciting and a little bit bigger. Yeah, it's, it should be it should be interesting to see how it plays out. But I think the last person, two people standing, is going to be Ember and Tony just to set up that feud, and that would be more make more sense because at Takeover that could be a main focus to give EO somebody for a title run, considering they just took Rhea out of it. Yeah, you know that's not a bad idea too. I know Tony, uh, you know beat the crap out of Ember last week, so they kind of got that thing going. Rhea and Ra- Raquel, that feud should last forever, in my opinion. I think those two going at it is, um, is money, but I think Rhea's time on NX- in NXT is coming to an end as well. This might be her swan song. As she definitely is main roster ready, so that would leave you with Dakota Kai and whoever the fourth woman is on the, the team Shotzi. It's Raquel. They've made Shotzi, yeah, they've made Shotzi Blackheart. I never thought I would say this. I thought when she started in NXT, I thought, oh, you know, she's she's different. She's interesting. But they're turning her into, like, a main event player where I could, you know, if she was challenging for a title on a takeover, I, I would think she has a shot at winning, which is well done on their part because I really didn't see that for Shotzi when she got signed. I, I like the... The vignettes they're doing to promote the paper, the shows and stuff. The Halloween one, the Halloween Havoc one was great. This one they're doing for yep. war games and stuff like that was insane. I can't wait to see what she brings out next. Um, go check out Sean's interview for Fightful. She, he did an sh- interview with uh, Shotzi Blackheart, too, and that was awesome, too. Yeah, that dropped, I think, what, yesterday? Mm-hmm. Or today, we I saw that come up on my feed. That's on my to do list. Good for Sean to get a 
to get some WWE talent. I know that they're not big fans of doing that, so that's awesome. I know, right? It's uh, it's amazing to be able to sit and talk to these people and pick their brains out. Heck yeah! <laughs> so you're going you're going with the heels, which I think is the right move for the women's war games matchup. I thoroughly agree. I think you got to set the tone. So we'll we'll just transition into the men's side of it. And speaking of heels, Patty Mack for the brand. Our heels in the undisputed era are faces. We don't see a lot of UE face, uh, you know, matchups where they're the face at war games. Interesting. What do you think about that uh, throwback? <laughs> I, I I think the UES faces is interesting, but I think they're more coming out as a heel anyways, like a tweener. Um, I honestly think in this match, it'll be McAfee and Cole in the end. But I honestly think that something will happen for the, for the brand. You know, you got Lorcan, Olney, Pete and Pat and something will happen where Pat pins Cole and and let's be honest as much as people say that the UE shouldn't be in on the main roster at this point and they're the heart of NXT you have the original heart of NXT sitting there as your champion the guy who basically in the biggest part of this whole brand being pushed higher and higher was their champion now he is predominantly in my opinion finn the best nxt champion of all time just because of him transcending not only domestic but internationally um there's not many you could say of cole's reign you can't this undeniable about that but when someone can transcend a title through a domestic and an international, like you say, Finn Balor, NXT champion, how many people will tell you, Oh, I know who he is. You know, you know how many people will say Adam Cole, they'll like, Oh, well I know who he is, but I don't know. I didn't know he was champion. Um, So I think what happens is that because they need desperately need help on raw, I think they'll bring up the UE, all four members to inject some blood, but they won't be, predominant like fixtures they'll still be nxt but they're going to be invading there to set up a point where you know kind of like let's say retribution goes down and decides where it goes down nxt and destroys it because they feel slated because they weren't used properly you know the ue comes up and defends the nxt's honor you know that could be something they do to build up to the rumble and then go from there but at the end of the day, I think for the brand wins because they're not going to let M- McAfee go away with uh, with a second loss. That's it, it wouldn't make any sense business wise. Yeah, I'm with you. I think uh, I think for the brand has to get it done, and it's kind of to you brought up retribution, which is where I'm at with it. Retribution, for as much as we crap on it now, because it they aren't doing anything, and it is kind of goofy. When they brought him up, it was something different. And you thought, oh, man, these guys could be a force to be reckoned with. And then you had them lose, had them lose, had them lose. So now they're big jokes. For the brand, I just love the idea of Adam Cole, like main event level superstar, one of the best wrestlers in the world, can't figure out Pat McAfee. I just, I love that dynamic and it kind of eats at him. And I don't. I don't know what you do with Undisputed Era. Like you said, you maybe you bring them up and do that invasion-type angle, which would be fun. But there's not a whole lot left for them to do as a group in NXT. They've pretty much done it all. So this would be a great opportunity to give uh, Lorcan and Birch some shine. Pete Dunne and his new heel persona, giving him a big win, makes him look better. Pat McAfee just he's the only guy I know that does the UE handshake in such a mm-hmm. shit heel way. I don't think anybody will ever do it ever do it better. 
So for me, I think you got to go with Patty Mack. And then if you wanted to do a rubber match, you know, Cole says, you know, me and you in a cage, no, nobody involved one-on-one. And then you get, you know, Cole gets it back. But I think at war games, you make a statement and say that this for the brand thing is legit. I guess it all too depends on how long you keep, how long you think Pat McAfee is going to stay in NXT or do this wrestling thing. I don't know what his contract statuses i don't know if he's like a full-time guy or if he's just doing this part-time so that would play into what i would assume it's gonna be an interesting i think for the first time ever for a pay-per-view you don't go into it thinking oh well i already know all the outcomes and stuff and that excites me that brings a nostalgia back because that was like it with like austin rock you didn't know who was going to win when it came into it you didn't know who was going to win against you know Sean versus, you know, Taker. You, you you assume Taker, but you didn't know how the outcome was going to be. I mean, now you go into some of these pay-per-views and you're like, oh, Drew's going to win. Oh, Roman, Roman is going to win. But we'll see what happens. But I'm excited for take for TakeOver for a chance. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's definitely one of the beauties of NXT is they have so many different angles and possibilities they could go with because of their – really deep talent pool and you know if they wanted to pull the trigger on a ue split you know on sunday they could start some dissension between cole and o'reilly or however they wanted to do that maybe roddy starts to feel slighted because he's you know you know just kind of in the background and he's never really the first guy mentioned so to speak there's so many different ways they could go with it maybe pete dunn's kind of sick of patty mac running his mouth and turns you know there's always a way that NXT keeps you interested and keeps you like thinking about all the possibilities as opposed to the main roster where, like you said, we all knew Lana was going to be the sole survivor at Survivor Series. We all talked about it. Everybody predicted it. And what happened? She was the sole survivor. <laughs> it's all kind of predictable up there on the main roster, except for maybe some of the bigger pay-per-views. They'll throw a curveball our way or two. But, yeah, Survivor Series largely went the way everybody thought it was going to go. And it takes the wind out of your sails. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting to see where they're going to go. But we'll find out. I mean, after this is TLC, and then you have TakeOver and the Rumble, and... I just hope they do everything right and keep it like this because the mystique of it and the curiosity is there and you just keep it going. The The match I'm looking forward to is the men's match just to see what McAfee actually does. You know, the history with war games with the UE and stuff like that. I, I, I'm extremely interested in that, but I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, Thatcher puts his nose in somewhere in one of these matches where he's not supposed to. And, you know, they introduce somebody new in there, but they have to keep rolling and keep doing like this. You know, it eventually all this stuff's going to catch up and they'll be start. Everybody will be able to predict all three brands. I mean, you have a hot women's division. You're following impact uh, just for quality of just talent and nipping at their heels. And, all you're lacking is a tag division that's really strong. So, I mean, it, once they do that, they'll be good. I agree. I, I don't know why the WWE is just not fan of tag team wrestling. I mean, tag team wrestling is so much fun to watch if it's done right and done well. I, I really hope that NXT gets back to Like, I... I always, you know, the Dusty Classic, you know, that I always joke that there's like no teams for the Dusty Classic this year. <laughs> if they were to do it, they have three teams, four. maybe. They'd have to put some stuff to four, four teams. So, coming in, so you already kind of mentioned that you were most looking forward to the War Games match with UE and for the brand. If you had to pick one or two wrestlers that wouldn't come, Sunday night after war games that we're going to be talking about the most who's on your radar is like, that just like stole the show. It's going to be Tony storm because I think we, we've seen uh, all the stuff for the Mae young classic. We've seen all the stuff she's done in the UK, but the fan, the casual fan 
in the States doesn't know who she is, which gives her an opportunity to be, you know, show her full immense of her talent. So I wouldn't be surprised if she comes out as the breakout star of the whole thing, because the majority of these people in this match is ex- it, Pat McAfee's already established anyways. I mean, my Patriots did kick his ass, so that kind of helps too. But um, it, it's for me, a lot of people as a casual fan, if I was one, I wouldn't know who Tony Storm is. I would know who Amber Moon is from all the stuff from the main roster, you know, everybody in the UE when they invaded and stuff like that. But you really don't know, well, two people, Shotzi and Tony. I mean, just two people in that women's match you don't really see if you're just, like, tuning in for a bit and then just dipping out. So they have the opportunity to take the whole house down. Can't disagree with you on that. I think, yeah, it's time to put Tony Storm, especially on the map, for those maybe that don't watch NXT UK um, as often as... Maybe they should. They do some good wrestling over there. But with all the wrestling in the world, sometimes you have to pick and choose which one you're not going to watch regularly. And so NXT UK, I feel like, is that brand. Um, one more question as we get close up on the time regarding NXT War Games. Who, If you had to pick one wrestler from this that's on the card that would you would think is their last, war, uh, last takeover, because I always like to think, Who's getting the call-up? Who's getting the next move? Who do you think, if you had to pick one, is going to be on the main roster come the turn of the year? That's difficult. It really is. Because I could say Rhea, but Rhea's already adamantly said she doesn't want to go up yet. Um, and they generally, with people like her, they accept, they listen to her and you know acknowledge her wishes and just do as they she asks, you know. Champa's already stated he's not going up. I'll throw a curveball out there. Why not Kushida? I mean, the guy's working hard. He's really, really good right now. And they definitely need somebody with his skill set on Raw. Raw is lacking somebody with that with his talent and his depth. I mean, it'd be interesting to see him, you know, go after. Let's say, you know, Riddle wins the title and goes after Riddle and say and talks about how the whole thing with NXT that he was a joke and just, you know, you could set up so many storylines with Kushida. I mean, I already referred to the UE, but that would be a short term fix. But something like Kushida with all the talent he has, it, it seems like he would be a perfect fit. If, but if you had Cross come back, and was in these on this card, it would be crossed regardless because you could. There's so many good things you could set up the match where you know Lee the rubber match, the second match with Lee stating that you know Cross lost the title and got hurt because of Lee and all that stuff, you know, and point out that you know Lee has unfinished business. You know, there's so many things you could do, but I think Ishida would be the the dark horse in that question. That would be an interesting. Like you said, he could go into any title program. IC title, I think it's money. U.S. title, money. Depending on who the, I don't know how Kashida would fare with Drew. How that would work out, but he'd probably have a great match with Drew. I mean, Kashida can have a good match with anybody. That dude is super talented. So that's the NXT card for War Games. Before we get out of here today. I always like to open up the floor to the guest. And if there's anything you want to talk about, this is your time. I mean, the only thing is, is that check out the, the podcasts on a, on Spotify, the special edition. Um, there's so many good episodes on that this week. There won't be, um, I'm taking a step back for the week just because my work's running pretty ragged and I'm tired. So I need to rest as much as I can. Um, but last night's episode on the YouTube channel, you know, youtube.com forward slash throwback 27. Uh, we had Joe Holbert and we had people running in like usual, which is always great. <laughs> the, like we had you on with, you know, Tim popping in, Anakin popping in and stuff. The same thing we had 
the distraction and Tim and Joel in the ring. We had Joel per, uh, Joel Pearl pop in with. Hell, my kid yeah. made an appearance. Uh, we had Hannah Morgan, Jeremy Lambert, and you know Bill Holbert all on screen at one point. I mean, it's insane to see the progression of everything. It, look at Rob Rob Wilkins. Like I said on our prediction show. Seven months ago, the you, the show for the t- YouTube channel was just a thought and Rob encouraging me. And then next thing you know, he's working with Fightful and, you know, the YouTube channel's got over 200, you know, subscribers right now. So, I mean, things are changing in a short term and, you know, hopefully everything keeps going into 2021. We keep this momentum going and keep going forward. And the same thing with you. And, you know, it's an open door policy. Anybody can come in, you know. Oh yeah, man. We I love what you're doing, bro. It's it kind of reminds me of that like friend's house that everybody had in high school, where you know that was just the place to go, and place to be, and you never knew who was gonna be there, and you just kind of hang out and you know shoot the shit, so to speak, talking wrestling. You're making big moves, my man. I absolutely appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. I know you've been working hard, long days, and need some rest. So I'm glad we could get this in under the wire before uh, NXT tonight. Enjoy the show, my man. And once again, you guys can check, check me out on wrestling plug Inc on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or on the WordPress. We, as we stated earlier in this show, taking a step back due to similar reasons that throwback just mentioned, but we are going to get back at it, get back after it. You'll see some big things coming up for us at the, you know, turn of the year. So, Until next time, everybody, we are out. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Swear to God, I'm a king one day, I'ma pull up on an elephant, yeah. Give a fuck about a hater trying to knock me, nah, that's irrelevant, yeah. Never have I ever said.